felt so good. Thank you to the musicians. I'll invite you to turn in your Bible to Matthew 16. Matthew 16. I neglected to mention on Sunday, I did mention about the meetings, and I'm sure you all know that. It's this Saturday at 5 and Sunday at 10 and 6. But the following weekend after is the August long weekend, and Monday is a holiday. And the Lord willing, those that are here and not traveling or doing something else, we're trying to have a little church picnic. So we'll give you more details on that. But if you're around, you're welcome to come. So we're going to let that happen as we'll give you more information. Matthew 16, this will be sort of in the thought of where we've been. Verse 18, and I say also unto thee, thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I I believe the gates of hell are out right now. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And God bless his word. You may have your seats. I'll also refer to the scripture we took on Sunday, which is in Exodus chapter 23. Exodus 23, we'll pick it up from verse 20. As I said, this is um, just down home. I'm, I'm, it would be easy to kind of ramp up and and build up, but we're going to let those meetings happen. We also need times just to sit in the Word and sit at the feet and and prepare our hearts, and I believe we are preparing our hearts, looking for what God will do. Matthew, sorry, Exodus 23, um, and we'll start reading in verse 20. I'm not going to read all of this, but I'll pick a few verses. Behold, I send an angel before thee to keep thee in the way, to bring thee into the place which I have prepared. Beware of him, obey his voice, provoke him not, for he will not pardon your transgressions, for my name is in him. But if thou shalt indeed obey his voice and do all that I speak, then I will be an enemy unto thine enemies and an adversary unto thine adversaries. For mine angel shall go before thee and bring thee in unto the Amorites and the Hittites and the Perizzites and the Canaanites and the Hivites and the Jebusites, and I will cut them off. So this is a promise. This is God's intent. This is God's purpose. Now drop down to verse 27. And I will send my fear before thee, and I will destroy all the people to whom thou shalt come, and I will make thine enemies Turn their backs unto thee, and I will send hornets before thee, which shall drive out the Hivite and the Canite and the Hittite from before thee. I I mean, these are wonderful promises. But now there's this little caveat put, if I can say on it. I will not drive them out from before thee in one year. Okay, now I'm going to dwell on this a little bit. I'll not, it's not going to happen all at once. It's, it's, it's not going to be in, in our time expectation many times. God's program runs according to God's time, not our time. 
And so we, we live in a world that is very accustomed to, I, I want something, look for it online, I'll get it, I'll do this, order it, do this, do this, I'll, you know, do whatever we can do. And, and it's anything and everything would be at your disposal. But that's not the way God's kingdom works. So he says, I will not drive them out before thee in one year, lest the land become desolate and the beast of the field multiply against thee. Now, I'm going to come back to this, but the land referred to their inheritance and what God had for them. Israel, it was the land. So that was their place in the land. Verse 30, by little and little I will drive them out before thee until thou be increased and inherit the land. Now, I'll also just say this. They have a natural land. We have a spiritual land. And that is our life in the Holy Ghost. So it's not going to happen all at once. In fact, if it did happen all at once, we wouldn't have the character to sustain it. So we need to have a little bit of suffering mixed in. We need to have a little bit of molding mixed in. A little bit of shaping mixed in. So that we can handle it as we move up to it. Let's go over to Isaiah chapter 28. We'll pick up from verse 9. Whom shall he teach knowledge? And to whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Them that are weaned from the milk and drawn from the breast. So it's talking about the natural beginning, which humanity starts from this place. And he says, now that's your beginning, but there's going to be an unfolding over time. For precept must be upon precept. Precept upon precept, twice. Line upon line. Line upon line, twice. Here a little, there a little. It's not going to happen instantaneously. Sometimes there's no quick fix to the solution, to the trouble. Sometimes it's not going to happen overnight. If I if I would have known I'd be in this journey now for 37 years, I, I, I would have thought, you know, I, I was lucky. I thought I came in right at the last minute. And now it's 37 years later. And there may still be some that have to come in. But God knows how to do it. Brother Harold, I don't know if you remember Brother Henry Green. Brother Henry Green was from um, uh, North, North Carolina. That's the church after he passed away, that Dan Daisley took over, and after Dan Daisley passed away, then Joe Green has taken it. But Brother Henry Green had a saying, God knows how to build his church. Or he, well, I, that wasn't how he said it, but he, I would say this. He summarized the saying, God knows how to build the church. He says, the way God, no, God started his church like he wanted, and he will finish it like he started so it, it's, it's God who's got this all in control. Now, my, my title is, I, I'm going to title this, I'll build, I'll build My Church, Part 4, but I'll call this Little by Little 
and line upon line. Um, I, I want to take a couple of thoughts, and I'm just going to go uh, into uh, a couple of quotations that Brother Branham would, would use. And, and, and just regarding, he called this the cogs, and, and I, we might not, that's not a term you might use, but take this in the context. Bear this in mind, as we glean through the Bible, you'll see that the cogs of God's wheel turn slow but sure. It may look like it's a million miles away, but she's grinding right up there all the time, and one of these days it'll be here. Now, for those of us who've been in the journey maybe a long time or a short time, you're going to encounter disappointments. You're going to encounter times of wondering, you know, where is God in all of this? If we are at, you know, and we can paint this picture, this is the grand and glorious time that the prophet said he wanted to live in, that all the prophets wanted to live in, and that's true. And that's true. And then we can also paint a picture. This is the worst time to live in. This is when sin will be sin. This is when they'll be right in the heart of what you believe. There's going to be church splits. There's going to be people who leave this truth. There's going to be people. And you get, and get awfully discouraged. And so sometimes when you see those things happening around you versus this picture that we're supposed to, the two don't match. And, and we can do it, and then, you know, in the day of Hollywood evangelism, just come to God, your problems will be over. Are you kidding me? They're just starting when you come to God. But I'll tell you, because you're in a battle, before you weren't in a battle. So, so as Peter would say, arm yourself of the same mind. So, Take these thoughts into mind. It's not going to happen all at once. It won't even happen the time I expect it. And sometimes it's beyond the time, okay, I, I'm going to just shoot way down the road. But then sometimes God just comes in a time and in a way you don't expect. Anyway, he knows how to encourage us. He knows how to hold us, keep us. He knows how to bring us along the way. The angel knows how to do it. So that's what we trust in. So Brother Bram says it's grinding slowly. One of these days it will be here. He, he says, oh, I wish I had time to take a six or eight month Bible study on the book of Genesis. Uh, the Bible is so rich with things. I've been two years studying Genesis, and I'm just through a few verses, and he would say, if you want to see the kind of crop you're going to have, you have to go back and see what kind of seed it is. And he says, every kind will produce its own kind. Now, he goes on to say, God's word must every time be fulfilled. The cogs of God's prophecy grind slow but sure. If you do wrong and you think you're getting by, just remember, young man, young woman, it's going to grind right up to your door one of these days. And you'll wonder when and how, but it'll be there. You'll reap what you sow every time. 
God said so. His word is settled forever in heaven. I, I was looking at this quotation about the fierceness of the people in this last days. And while I was searching it out, and, uh, and, I, and, I, and I, I picked it up here, actually, I'll read it, because this is God's provided way for anything. When God needed a leader for the church, He didn't educate a bishop or send a high priest or a pope, but He, all their systems, but the Holy Ghost is the eternal God. Now, that's His statement. He says, he gave them an eternal leader, and that is the Holy Ghost. They needed something to guide them, to tell them what to do, how to live, how to meet the public, how to meet the fierceness of the day, how to combat sickness, how to combat this, how to combat sin. So this was the angel that was sent. But the fierceness of the day. When, that, when, when you sang that song, Brother Michael, and uh, the battle is the Lord's, I'll tell you, there's times that you feel like, what next? What will the next phone call bring? What will the next thing bring? And what will the next thing be? And it's times you look at it and you think, where is this all going? And I said, thank God we're not in a tribulation yet. Can you imagine what it's going to be like when the bride is gone? Right now, there's something holding the wrath back. And so when you look at the fierceness, and Brother Bam says, people act like there's no God, like there's no judgment. They act, and, and so this spirit can get on us, and we just, we just let things go. The little things we leave left undone, the things we've said or done, oh, it won't matter. Yes, it will matter. And we need to be living with our senses um, uh, brought to a place where the Word has sensitized us to what the reality of what we're living, not a world that desensitizes us. And Brother Adam would say, the world will meet a fierce God one day because God will judge sin. Now, that, that, that doesn't sound like holiness preaching is something that seems to be escaping. But God is going to judge things. And I'd rather hear it straight and know it straight than be deceived and just be soft-soaped and get there at the end and find out I needed to hear it better. I don't want my own thinking to deceive myself. I don't want the politics of the day. I don't want the pull of the people. And there's a pull of, of a carnal, carnal nature and the age we live in, but there's a pull of the Holy Ghost. So... Brother Branham would make statements along the way, you know, they'll know that a prophet's with them. Talking, uh, and, he, and he makes the statement, how will they know when Los Angeles is, the, is in, the, in the middle of the sea? Or when it's sunk into the sea, or however he worded it. But it's a God of judgment, and we won't get by without things. Now, I want to just take this for a little bit on just the foundation, and a little bit, little bit, there's much we could do. But 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2, and I'm going to use a few scriptures just for a minute here to, to bring us two things. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 19, Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal, 
The Lord knoweth them that are His. I didn't call myself to this. I was running from this. But I thank God that He called me. He reached down His hand for me. That wasn't man. I wasn't convinced. I wasn't coerced. I felt His call. His hand upon my life. And if He called me, it was for a purpose. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm going to read a little bit, use a few quotes in a, in a minute here. He says, The foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal. The Lord knows everyone that is His. I, I'm, I'm going to stop there, actually, for a minute, and I'll just hold, hold that open. And uh, I'm, I'm just going to read another scripture. It would, would say from, from Ephesians 1, it said, According as He hath chosen us in Him... Before the foundation of the world. Now, I'm just reading the first part of Timothy and the first part of Ephesians just for a minute. I'm going to come to the second part. Now, Brother Branham says this. Do you think the heavenly Father will be defeated in his purpose? Question. Even though Satan has done what he's done? It's an impossibility. He will not be defeated. Do you think the devil's going to go up to him and say, you chose that guy, look at what he did. You chose that sister, look at what she did. Do you think, he, and, and, and he's going to come up there and say, and he says, no, God said, I chose them. I don't care what they did. I'm going to bring them to the place that they need to come to. I will do it. I will perform it. They may stumble. They may fall. But I'm going to bring them there. So he says, he will not be defeated. And then he says this, he's given us a perfect assurance. If you feed on evangelistic messages all the time, get right, do right, act right, you're going to be defeated. You've got to go back to a foundation. You've got to have a revelation that's under the eagle anointing. It's not by works. It's not by what you can do. But it's God by His choosing that's going to bring us through. So we need teaching. We need to hear what God thinks of us. Now, there, you, you can go into the message it's in 1958. I know my Redeemer liveth. And Brother Branham, he goes through example after example of God's purpose will not be defeated. So he will say this. I'm going to just mention a couple of things. There is nothing that can defeat it. So we ought to be happy today, resting on the beautiful revelation of the word of the living God. There's neither things present nor things to come, no sickness, no sorrow, no death, no perils. Nothing can separate us from the purpose of the living God. What God has imagined in his mind, what God has purposed in his heart to bring to pass, there's no demon, there's no power, there's no nothing that can ever separate God's plan. If God had a purpose for having Sister Karen Pruitt, there's nothing going to separate that. And if it's his time to take her, we thank God. But if it's not his time, there's no sickness, no nothing that will stop it. 
Now, he will, he, Brother Adam goes on and said, nothing can defeat his purpose. He talks about Abraham. He says, Abraham as good as dead and Sarah's womb dead for 40 or 50 years. Now, now think about this just for a moment. And he says, nothing can defeat God's purpose. Her body was old. It was wrinkled. Now, some of you young brothers here, don't worry. A few turns of the sun, you'll be there too. Yeah. And he says, but God let us know she couldn't, her heart was so weak it couldn't have gone through labor. But God let us know his purpose will not be defeated. So he changed Sarah and made her a young woman again. He took a, a man a hundred years old and turned him back to his youth. Brother Harold, there's hope. You're, you're not even 80 and you're going to be turned back. This is for you, Brother Harold. <laughs> You'll be young again. And who knows what he'll do. He'll chase Sister Leanne around the yard or whatever he'll do. <laughs> we did that in a play one time, but uh, we won't bring that up too much. Just a little. So no matter how unreasonable it seems, he says God gave him the promise. Now, I'm using these, and if you listen to the message, he talks about Moses, talks about how he was born, talks about how he was put onto the river Nile where the crocodiles was fat, feeding on little Hebrew children. But he said there wasn't enough crocodiles that could have touched Moses. He was God's chosen there was nothing that could have drowned him. There was nothing that could defeat God's purpose. God said he would do it. Then he goes further. He says, now Moses, Moses, when he was 40 years old, a middle-aged man, God had it rigged in such a way that he brings things to pass of his promise. Here's Moses on the backside of the desert, hearing the screams and haunts as he staggered in the wilderness, back there alone with scorpions and cobras. And he says, till almost he perished, but there's nothing that can defeat God's purpose. And he says, now, we can point back there. He says, now, sin has marred the earth, but still God cannot be defeated. The people that are coming to the earth, even if they come in a perverted way, God has an ability, has a way, he says, if he made me what I am without having a choice, I was made in God's image. I came to this earth. I'm the best of what I can be without God's grace, without making a choice. How much more can he raise me up in the last days if I make a choice for him now? So he says, uh, oh, I, I could read so much of this. Anyway, if, if you have an opportunity, go back and, and, and read the message, God can never be defeated. So this is the foundation of God. If you ever, and Brother Branham makes a statement about the message, Christ, the mystery of God revealed. If you ever are defeated, come back to this. If you ever fail, come back to this message. What does he do? He reaffirms that God had a purpose in, in, in bringing Christ, then bringing a bride, and then bringing us to a place. So he had a purpose, and, and a much of the, the message is on the bride's portion. Now, I, I'm going to now jump back to 2 Timothy chapter 2, and he says, so we read in verse 19, 
the foundation of God stands sure. The Lord knows them that are His. And let everyone the name that names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Now, we'll read into verse 20, 21. Now, in that same thought, he says, But in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but of wood and of earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use and prepared unto every good work. Prepared. Who? So there's, there's something we have to do to cooperate. God wants to bring us somewhere, but we have to hear his voice. We have to hear that angel's voice. Don't just measure by what you see other people around you. Allow the Holy Spirit to convict you. You be the standard bearer. If others around you are making jokes, and even I'm going to say around the church world, and, uh, you know, that are maybe a little off, and they, they deal with, somebody can raise the standard. Somebody can allow the Holy Spirit to rule and reign. Allow Him to take your vessel. So he says, vessels of gold, of silver, of wood and earth. So there's different types of vessels. I want to be everything God made me to be. I wasn't made to be the prophet. I wasn't made to be that. But whatever God made me, I want to be the best that he made me to be. So I want to be in a position that he can work with me, that he can deal with me. I want to be found in a place that he can move me. I, I believe he's trying to get us all to the place we need to be. Now let's go back to, uh, first, to, to Ephesians chapter 1. Let's read the second part of that. According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. What's the next part? That we should be holy and without blame before him in love. My, I, I, I'll tell you what, we sing the song, The Word is Working Mightily in Me. There's times that I feel I'm blocking it up. That I'm not in the, in the correct channel. My mind is on carnal things. I've been distracted. I've been on other things. And, and sometimes they pull us. I'll say this. The devil is doing everything he can to pull you out of the channel that God wants to work with you. He knows if he can get you. The same as Balaam did. He, he knows God was going to stand for Israel. But Balaam had such a doctrine that he caused the people to, he knew the, he knew the makeup of men, he caused them to lust after the Moabitish women. He caused them to join in this feast and we're all one, we're all this. And it was the very thing God said not to do. So he knew if he could get them over there, that it, then, then God would be forced to deal with them. And I, I'm glad that God does deal with us when we step out of line. But he wants to bring us back in line. He doesn't want to leave us out there. And today, if you've been feeding too much on, you know, there are so many distractions. You can, you can call all the social media and, 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 and listen, it has its place. Okay? I, I'm saying that. But I, let, let's just go beyond social media. 
I mean, we, we can call it whatever. I think there's Facebook and Instagram and all the others. And you, but you can get swallowed up in that. So much so you can spend a few hours on that and then you have a tough time sitting for an hour in a church service. Because you become conditioned. And I prayed the other, I said, Lord, I don't want to be a neurotic. Like listening to every bit of news, and, and okay, let's, let's move from, from, from social media, but to YouTube or the internet news or to everything that's out there and every opinion. There are so many opinions, but there's one opinion we need to hear the opinion of God on the matter, the thoughts of God on the matter, and, and not to be swallowed up, you know, with, with the mindset of the world, like we can hardly sit still anymore. I actually felt that I was listening to too much and my prayer life was not what it ought to be. Lord, cause me to be still. Cause me to hear your voice. Cause me not to shut things off. I think there's a time for fellowship. I think there's a time for, for knowing these things. But there's a time we need time with God and God alone. I'm going to ask a question. When's the last time you sat down and listened to a message tape? You don't have to answer. I think the devil is cheating us. He's lost, we've lost something. Brother Harold for years threatened to preach a message if I were the devil. And, and he said for years, and so one day I asked him, I said, how come you're not preaching that message? He said, I don't want to give the devil any ideas. <laughs> go on, okay, this is after I just told you, watch how long you're on these. Go on YouTube one time, and you will find Paul Harvey. How many remember Paul Harvey? He has a little clip on there, If I Were the Devil. It was in 1965. Now, Paul Harvey was a radio announcer. He had some element of Christianity about him. But if you listen to that clip, it's almost prophetic. If I Were the Devil, okay? And listen, it's out there, so the devil has seen it already. So don't worry about it. He's not going to get any new ideas. I, I would say, look at, listen to that, and listen to what's come to pass. If I were the devil, I, you know, I, can't, I, I don't have it with me, but if, if that's some homework for you, go ahead and, and, and read it and listen to it. Anyway, how did I get where I'm, I'm at? My, my, my. Okay. That we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Now, we, we took this in... Dan, I didn't give you this, but Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, that God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. So God had this, this angel go before us. There's something he has for Ed Hammermeister to walk in. There's something that he has for Isaac Whitmire to walk in, for, for Max Boateng, for Ethan Hammermeister, for every one of us to walk in. And it may not be the same. Only the Holy Spirit can tell you where you should be walking. But you need to be hearing from him. I can tell you that. He can tell you that. We need to hear from God directly. We need to get marching orders from him. So, the devil is doing everything to get you out of your place and out of your position. Now, I, I really, let's go back to Matthew chapter 7. 
This could be a whole service on this Scripture, but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to just summarize this here a little bit. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. A rock is revelation. You know, I've, I've looked at the title of the services, I Will Build My Church and the Scripture. I was amazed at how many times the Holy Spirit brought that up in Brother Branham's message, that he would bring these Scriptures out. Anyway, he, a wise man will build his house. So there's a foundation, but you've got to build on that. And the rain descended. Now, here's the unfolding of time. The rain descended. The floods came. The winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell not. Guided through the storm. And it says, for it was founded upon a rock. And so Jesus says, and everyone that hears these sayings of mine, he gives this type and does them. That's the type. Now, and does them not shall be likened to a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. Sand is many little rocks. It moves. You step in it. It gets in between your toes. And dare you to walk in the sand and walk into our house. Because there's a woman in the house whose name is Sandy. And she was misappropriately named because she doesn't like sand. <laughs> That's the truth. That's the truth. I, I bear witness of it. We were going to do a sandbox for our kids and she just about, how dare you? Little pebbles is okay, but not sand. Okay, I, I, I don't know. I'm getting distracted today. So every one of you says, shall be likened to the one that built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew, and they beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Now outwardly, the houses looked the same. Probably went to the same architect, probably went over a company over here called Graphtech Design, got a nicely designed house, everything, but they didn't have the same foundation. And the foundation was important because you can't build your foundation on, on something that's shifting, on something that's not stable. You can't build it upon a man. I'm going to follow so-and-so because he, he's dynamic. He's a good speaker. He smiles, and, and, and I like his teeth. Well, go watch Joel Olstein then because that's everything that he's built on. And he can say the nice things, and he has books, and he'll give you a free book if you, you give offerings. I, 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 listen. And you can't build it on emotion. Well, oh, I just wept and cried. and That's not enough. You need something more. And you can't build it on intellect. You can't build it on, well, I know this, and I've read this, and I've done this. No, you need to meet the living God where he impresses the word upon you, and you're built, and then something moves you and motivates you, and it's the word of the hour. And when you hear it preached, something in you moves and gets going. And whether it's a minister up here, or whether it's Brother Branham or the Bible, and you're actually excited to open it up, that's the foundation. That's a new birth. And, and the signs that follow it are different for everybody. So, so it has to be a correct foundation. And, and you can, 
And I, I really feel checked, even in my own life. Say, Lord, have I, am I building correctly? Is there something I've missed? Is there something I need to go back and rectify? Now, we all have heard the story about a condo that collapsed in Florida. Now, up to 10 years before it collapsed, there was reports by engineers saying there's deterioration. Two years before it collapsed, there was a report that saying the seawater, the sea air is eroding the concrete and the steel in the concrete. Something needs to be done. And because there was a condo board and it was politics and the cost was going to be too high, they deferred it and they deferred it and they deferred it. But one day it couldn't be deferred any longer. One day it had to be, he had to come back to it. And great was the fall and the ruin of it. Now we have an engineer called the Holy Spirit. And he'll come and he'll speak to me, to me, he'll speak to you. He'll tell us, you shouldn't have said that that way. And sometimes we override it and think, oh, it doesn't matter. What, what does that matter? It's the little foxes that spoil the vine. And, and sometimes he brings to our mind something that happened. And you might think, oh, it's foolish. You know, that person's not even a believer. Why should I go I have to talk to them? And, uh, but maybe it's exactly what we need. Listen, these things all are a part of our foundation. Now, the foundation isn't just the message, doctrine of baptism, but it's a foundation you have to actually build on. So you have to make it sure yourself. It's not just, well, I belong to this church, that's my foundation. No, that's not it. It's what your revelation, you're walking on it, you're building to it, you're adding to it. But let's take heed how we build thereon. Now, Let's go over to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. As I said, this is kind of a, a home cooking tonight. But we need it. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11. Now, Paul, Paul speaks about building and taking heed how you build thereon. And maybe just back up to number nine, to paragraph, uh, sorry, verse 9. We are laborers together with God. You are God's husbandry. You are God's building. According to the grace of God which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon. So let every man take heed how he buildeth thereon. For other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. And Brother Branham would say, the center of your walking and your talking should be Christ. I'm, I'm gonna, I'll come to another scripture here in a moment. Now, if any man build on this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble. Now, you're building it, but now over time, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day will declare it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. 
well, I, I, I came to church, I did this, but what did you do outside? What did you do in your private life? What did you do in your conversation? What did you do in your dealings? What did you do? That will all be tried. It, I, I have to give an account for it. We all do. Now, he says, if any man's work abide on which he hath built thereon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so by fire. Know ye not that you are the temple of God, and the Spirit of God dwelleth, of, of God dwelleth in you? If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy, for the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. Now, God gave you this body, this, he allowed you to be born, he gave your spirit, your nature, all of these things, but you need to now give that to him. This is your vessel, this is the thing that you need to put forward. Listen, let me, let me take this, I'm, I'm going to interject, Brother Dan, go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. We are living in a time when the enemy is throwing everything he can at us. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, sorry, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, I'm sorry, chapter 2. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him, that you be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter as from us that the day of Christ is at hand. Where's the shaking going on? Men's hearts are failing for fear. Where's the shaking? Men, politicians, judges don't even have sound reason anymore. The masses have completely swayed their thinking. Demon spirits in the land. And I will say, not just in the land, right into the heart of the message. It's okay, just stay at home. Just listen to a tape, as long as you have that. P pardon me? You're elevating your thinking above the Bible. The Bible says you should gather together. Talk about what Brother Branham said. You should come. I'm not saying this because we just want to see numbers. No, it's your lifeline. It's a part of your service. Yes, you need to be at home and listen to tapes. But yes, you need to be at your post. Let no man deceive you by any means, for the day shall not come except there come a falling away first. And the man of sin shall be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he sitteth as the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. If I... One thing I, I have appreciated even Brother Harold over the years, as an example, was when he was asked to send his tapes out to people, he said, I'd rather send you the message. And I would rather that it's not our, ourselves as ministers we're pointing to, but we're always pointing to God. Now, if God uses somebody, you want to listen to him. But never to the place where that man is exalted. Never to the place where that becomes your channel to God. You need to have a place to your subject to. 
But you need to have Christ first. The love of God first. So he says, now, let's just drop down to verse 6. Now you know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. Now, there's a manifestation, there's an unfolding of time, of spirits, of things that we see. For the mystery of iniquity does already work, only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. Now, Brother Ram, take some time talking about it. God allows things until there's a time. But the Holy Spirit in you also, uh, as things rise, we're really coming to the point where we're looking for God out there, out there, when it's God in us that is actually the resisting force to what's around us. When it's God in an anointed minister, that it's not the man speaking, but it's God speaking. When it's you in your prayers that is changing the course of things around you. This is where we're coming to. Now, this is a condition I could spend time on this, but let's go. He says, now, even him who comes, whose coming is after the working of Satan, with all power and signs and lying wonders, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they received not the truth that they might be saved. Now, I missed something there. Because they received not the truth. Oh, the love of the truth. So it's not just good enough to receive the truth. But the love of the truth. You know, the word is designed in such a way that the casual comer thereto will never really enter in. But those that want it, they'll get it. Now, the love of the truth. I I need to use an example. How many here eat food? You should all raise your hand. How many love food? How many are considered foodies? (laughs) Now, there's different degrees right in that thing. Sometimes you put food before your children, porridge. Done. Now, you put some berries in there, a spice of cinnamon, a little bit of this, a little bit of this, and some of them still done. Other people will appreciate it because they love it and it manifests. <laughs> it does in me too. I love food. So, you can, you can just have food as a necessity, gobble it down, or you can enjoy it and love it and, and say, wow, you know what? I'll tell you what. I thought I knew how to bake salmon until I went up north to Whitehorse and Brother Willie McGowan did a salmon bake. Now there is, a, is something that you can enjoy and remember, and I remember to this day. Now, That is the love of food. That's when you almost are into foodie status. Where you you go, oh. You know, when somebody talks about food and and, and you go, just a touch of garlic, just a bit of this. Mm. Now, if you can be that way naturally, what about the message? Oh, let's, you know, let's just listen to what they got to say. (laughs) Let's just... Or you can actually say, this is sustaining me. Yeah. 
This is my diet. This is what I love and reverence. This is my lifeline. Now, I don't know if there's a term associated with foodie that would translate into those that love the message that way. I've got yet to come up with one, but I'm sure somebody will. So you can just, yeah, thank God for water baptism. Thank God for, it's wonderful, it's nice. Do you know that there's people that are theologians and they don't even know? And God saw that you personally see it? You ought to thank Him. You ought to say, oh, the love of the truth. Because just the truth. If, if, you, if you do like Esau, Esau, he had the birthright. He had everything. But the scripture says he despised it. And so he didn't think it was as valuable as it, it could be. And because he didn't think it was that valuable, he gave it up one day. Now, you can have the truth, but you may not think it's valuable. You may not esteem it for what it was. So there will be people that will receive the truth. Paul would talk about they, some receive a Christ of this, a Christ of that. But to those that receive it and reverence it and know what it means and what it is and that God gave that personally to you, that's the love of the truth. That makes you a candidate not to be deceived. Because you're fervent. You, you embrace it. You know, there's always different types of people. When Jesus had the Sermon on the Mount, I imagine there was those that were on the front, the front row of the grass. And there, was those that were, and there was those that were way down on the back, and maybe they were talking and doing whatever. But there were some people that really wanted to hear. And I, I love it when, when people engage, and I don't know, God gave me something, and I don't, I don't know what it is, but, you know, I, I can be tired and come to a service, but when the word starts breaking... I'll tell you what, it, it sharpens me, it wakes me up, it does something to me. Let that be your lifeline. Let, cultivate that. Make that something that is, is, is real in your life. I, I, and, I, and pray, I, I, I thank God for it. You know, and I said, Lord, I need this, I need this. Sometimes stop and go back and thank Him. Lord, you provided, you gave, you, you took care. I'll tell you what, you keep doing that. Now you're, you're, you're taking all of these little areas that things could slip between and things, but now you're actually, you're, 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 you're just doing what Peter said. And he says, if you do these things, so uh, he didn't just say, uh, how, how did he put it? But he says, make your calling and election sure. So what are you doing? Well, if I'm predestinated, I'll be there. No, if you're predestinated, you'll be doing everything you can. The attitude you take shows what you are. Your approach, you know, and, and, and listen, everybody has a bad day. I have a bad days too. And, 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 and I have many more bad days than, than good days sometimes. But I thank God that I, something brings me back. Even when the devil tosses me and turns me and does this and my mind is this and that, and I thank God something comes back. Brother John, you, you, you shared that quote here the other day, and that was so wonderful. I, I, just, I, I just need to pull it up because I think I even pulled it up here somewhere. My, 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 where did I do it? Because there's disappointments that come our way, but there's other things that, that come to us as well. And, and, and here. Uh, no, that's not it. Oh, here it is. Mighty God unveiled. So I don't know if you're ever going to use this, but I'm just preempting you. 
he, I've done it, he's done it to me, so I'm just paying him back. Actually, I'm not doing that. <laughs> he says, that's the way it is today. That's the reason the church is not advanced like it should. It's the record. It's the lie. We must become more dedicated. We must believe every word of God. We must seek until the word is made real to us. See, see, the record is what keeps us from entering in. I, you know, there, there's more that I'm going to have that I'm going to get to today, but that's okay. I'm just little by little. That's the title. Line by line. So whatever lines I don't get to will be the next time. But along the way, um, let me just say this. There's disappointments. And sometimes the disappointments are sometimes men, brethren, Sisters, disappoint you. People that you thought must something off. I, I've undoubtedly disappointed. I've disappointed my wife. I've disappointed my children. And, and, and disappointments come. Then there's, I've disappointed myself. I've disappointed God. So disappointments come. Sometimes disappointments come because expectations are way over here. Now, we're, we're going into special meetings. And sometimes you go to special meetings and say, okay, this is going to be it this, after this service, and it's not there. And then you get disappointed. Or, or you think, way back there, this. But you've you got to keep looking to God. You can't dictate how it will happen or how it will go. I, I always love the example of Esther and Mordecai. Uh, Mordecai knew the Jewish people had an inheritance and he knew Esther was in a position that she could help. And he counsels her. He says, go before the king. And she says, well, if I go before the king, I might die. I might perish. And he says, if you don't go, then God will raise up help somewhere else. That was the faith of Mordecai. And I feel like saying, if it doesn't happen via the doctor, if it doesn't happen via the medication, if it doesn't happen this weekend, but God's going to do it. My anchor is in the Word. It's not in a predetermined way. It's not. It's line by line, little by little. Now, uh, you need to keep that determination before you. Now, I, there was two examples here that I, one of them came to me. And I talk about time and little by little and, and things that were happening. So this sister comes to Brother Branham. And, and she, she comes to him. And she, she says, and this is in a message, Images of Christ. And he says, lady, you're seeking a baby. And she said, yes, Brother Branham. I know a woman, 49 years old, has got a little baby now. All of the, her life she lived with a man since, about 16-year-olds. She's 49, he's 50-something. And as soon as he said, thus saith the Lord, you'll have this baby, she went home and bought the clothes for the baby. Three years later, being 52, she gave birth to the little boy she longed. Why? When she heard it spoke, she knew it had to happen. What did it do? It put her in a right attitude. The Holy Spirit's so good to come and speak these things. If you'll get in the right attitude, if you'll take the approach, Lord, prepare me. 
I can't bring the Holy Ghost down. I can't make the promise real. But I can have a correct attitude. I can have faith. I can have worship. I love the song you've been singing the last couple Sundays about worship. Sister Catherine, you started something. So it was worship the Lord. No matter what happens, worship the Lord. Worship the Lord. Praise the Lord. Until God can't stand it. He'll go down there and says, i got to make it real. You can call that on the scene. Now, this one, I'll have to change where I'm going here, but just for the time's sake. Now, some of my Canadian friends sitting here from Canada, 14 years ago, this woman came, this woman being around 48 years old, came into the meeting, a German-Canadian. Can you imagine that? A German-Canadian. And she said the Lord told her in the prayer line, through the discernment that she was barren, and the doctor said she'd never be able to have a child. You're suffering with a dreadful disease of tuberculosis. And she said, that's true, sir. And I said, go to your home, for you're healed of your TB, and you're going to embrace a lovely little eight-pound baby boy, thus saith the Lord. She went home. She was solid and well. The doctor said her case was what they called retarded. She, so it was no more fooling with it. Well, about eight years passed. Okay. Little by little, line by line. Time doesn't matter. Sin doesn't matter. Body condition doesn't matter. Nothing matters when it comes to God's promise. Will there be a rapture? Absolutely. Will the church be pure? Absolutely. You mean out of this mess? Absolutely. That's God's promise. Well, eight years. You can see the woman's age. She was 48. She, she said she got into the church that told her. She got to another church. Brother Branham has gone, gone from there. And, and he said, they said, sister, if that would have been of God, it would have happened. And she believed that. And as soon as she made her stand against it, she broke again with tuberculosis. Now, the preacher, not aiming to, I don't believe, he said, I was a psychiatrist, a mind reader, and I was just reading what was on her mind. And her loyal husband stood up and said, but he told her, thus saith the Lord. And the preacher laughed at him. And his wife took up with TV, TB. Now, I was in northern British Columbia on a hunting trip. I was coming down to Edmonton. I stopped for about two hours. And there was about seven or 8,000 people that had gathered after the service. I didn't have my note. I had a little dress coat. A man came and said, Brother Branham, I'll give you an overcoat. I was hot and sweaty. And I said, aren't you Brother Doble? He said, I am. Oh, the welfare of your wife. Oh, he said, Brother Branham. He told me the story. She's really bad with TB. And I said, why did she doubt it? He said, well, Brother Branham, it lingered so long, she began to doubt. And I said, I don't care how much she doubts. I saw that vision. She was holding a great big plumpy baby boy 
And it shall come to pass, regardless of what she says or what she thinks, because God already said so. A vision cannot be hindered. Well, Fred Sothman, a friend of mine, was sitting there present. Brother Fred and a few others. Now it's about two years ago, I guess it's been. Uh, now two years have passed since he said that to her. And, and he says, I was in Prince Albert, Saskatchewan. And in the arena, a telegram came up. Mrs. Doble was on her road there within the space of three days of having her baby. And they brought her in a special car because of her age. And they're afraid she would not go through it. I prayed for her. And she said, one thing, Brother Branham, I confess my sin of unbelief. One thing I want to ask you for a confirmation. You said it would be a boy. And, she, and I said, it will be a boy. And just as soon as they could return her home, she had an eight-pound baby boy that's running around in Canada tonight because a mother over 50 years old, because God keeps his word. He never fails. Line upon line, word upon word. And I'm going to say this. Okay, well, you might say, I never saw a vision. I never saw this. I never had this. But I'm going to ask you this. What has God made real in the Bible concerning a situation in your life? Because that is just as real as a vision. When God sends a revelation and he gives it to you, that's as good as God's vision. That is God making himself known to you. Now, nothing can separate you from what God makes you real. And I think if we focus on that, if we lock in on that. Now, nothing against Brother Ron or Brother Andrew. Well, when Brother Ron or Brother Andrew comes, then it'll happen. And what if it doesn't? Listen, it can happen then. But focus on what God said. Focus on what you need. And just keep thanking Him. Keep praising Him. Keep looking to Him. It will come to pass. Let's have the musicians come. God's word will pass. It will, it will come. Will the rapture be there? Absolutely, it'll be there. He says now, Oh, there's so many things I could read here. I, I, I just need to get you to stand and let's thank God and pray, uh, sing a song or two and thank Him for everything. Amen. I, I believe He's going to make a way for us. He's going to make a way. Well, there, the Bible says there is a highway and a way. The highway is the big, broad thing, but in the middle there's a way. Not over on the left... On the emotional side, not over on the intellectual side. I'm not saying that you're intellectual, intellectual on this side or you're emotional there. In fact, if you're the opposite, switch sides, okay? No, don't, don't, don't. But in the middle, there's a way. God is God. Amen. King's Highway. I'm walking up the King's Highway. Can we do that? My way gets brighter, my low gets lighter, and I'm walking up the King's Highway. There is joy in knowing, with Him I am going, I'm walking up the King's Highway. Walk up there, but the pure in heart 
things all around me, but I'm on his highway. And that's the best place to be. Psalms 15 says, Lord, who shall abide in thy tabernacle? Who shall dwell in, the, in thy holy hill? He that walks uprightly, that works righteousness, speaks the truth in his heart. This, this, I, I've always come back to this, just five verses in here. He that doesn't backbite with his tongue, that doesn't do evil to his neighbor, that doesn't take up a reproach against his neighbor, in whose eyes a vile person is not condemned, but he honors them that fear the Lord. He that swears to his own hurt. Oh my, that, that's an amazing thing. When you tell the story, well, I was done wrong and I did wrong, and you just tell your side or you're going to tell the whole side. Well, I actually lost my temper. I actually did wrong and I had to apologize to you. When you tell the truth, you're free. You don't have to worry anymore. Oh, these are little things, Brother Ed. Line upon line. Precept upon precept. I'll tell you what. When you do these things, the Bible will say, He that puts not out his money to usury, nor takes reward against the innocent, he that doeth these things shall never be moved. Oh. I'm so glad you sang that song the other night, I Shall Not Be Moved, because that was right in my notes. There was a few others in my notes, and you sang them too. So I, I, I do have some musical inspiration. 
maybe writing inspiration, song inspiration. At any rate, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. 